On the morning of May 20th, 2019, employees at a water treatment plant in Indiana arrived at work and found a man's body lying on one of the conveyor belts in the building. These belts were used to filter out debris and carry waste from one place to another, and the man seemed to have been caught in the treatment system somehow, but they weren't sure exactly how this could have happened. Police arrived and removed his body, and noted that he had obvious signs of trauma, but they wrote off these injuries as being from the factory machines. His family refuses to accept this as truth, and has been desperately searching for answers in a case that they very well feel could be homicide. When police found the body of Michael Coates in the water treatment plant, they immediately began to wonder how the man could have ended up being sent through the company's treatment machines. There were no obvious points of entry that would have been able to be accessed by the outside. When they found him, he was wearing no shirt, no shoes, and was missing several items from his pockets, yet police felt as though these clothing items could have just been filtered through the machine somehow or another. At first, investigators had no idea who this man was. However, they noticed that he had a very unique tattoo of a dragon on one of his arms. So they used this tattoo to spread awareness to the public in hopes of uncovering his true identity. It didn't take long for Teresa Dodd to hear about the story. She'd seen it on the news and read about it online, but she would soon learn that the man found in the treatment plant was her younger brother, Michael. Michael was just 41 years old, and police presented photos of his body to both his sister and his mother. Police refused to allow the family members to see his body in person, as they felt as though he was in too bad of shape to put the family through that. In the end, neither his mother nor his sister would be able to positively identify him, though they felt strongly that the body in question did belong to their loved one. In the end, Michael's former girlfriend was able to give police a positive identification. The next step was to send Michael's body in for an autopsy. Investigators expected to learn that Michael had passed away after being sent through the water treatment machines, but his exact cause of death could not be determined. All the coroner could confirm is that Michael passed away before making his way into the water that day. When examining his body, the coroner found no traces of alcohol in his system, nor any signs of drugs. This would mean that whatever happened to Michael, he was 100% sober at the time of his death. Police were very apprehensive about the details surrounding this death. By all means, none of this seemed to add up, and this meant they needed to shift their focus and look at Michael's case as a possible homicide. Investigators would soon learn that there was virtually no way he could have entered the plant of his own free will. They began to inspect the sewer system and all of the entrances and exits of the water treatment plant, believing that his body was most likely dumped into one of the company reservoirs. The other possibility is that his body was thrown into the sewer system after someone somehow managed to lift a manhole cover, but this would have been extremely unlikely as well. Nevertheless, police would spend many hours searching the routes of many of the manhole covers and sewer systems. The management workers from the facility did their best to help out police by providing them with a list of pipes that would have been large enough for a human body to fit through. In the end, 
only three possible pipes were identified. Every other pipe system in the city would have been far too small for Michael to have fit through. Police decided to visit each of the three manhole cover openings, but they found no signs of any disturbance at any of the three manholes. There was also no evidence that Michael had even been near any of these locations. Still to this day, his missing wallet, shoes, phone, and shirt have never been found. The last time Michael was seen was just a day before his disappearance. He'd been living with his mother at the time and stopped by the family home to chat for a little while. He brought a female friend along with him, but for reasons unknown, we know that his family was not fond of his newfound friendship with this young woman. He spoke with his mother outside for a while while the girl waited inside, as his mom was tending to the horses but she soon had to leave to run a few errands. When she got back, both Michael and the friend were gone, and she would never see him again. Ultimately, this is where Michael's trail ends, but police did find out later about a home that Michael was seen at just hours before he would have lost his life. They visited the people who owned the home, but investigators say that the people were completely uncooperative and wouldn't tell them anything. One officer described them as tight-lipped, so it definitely seemed like they had something to hide. However, without probable cause or really any evidence whatsoever, police were unable to question them any further. It should be noted that Michael was far from perfect. He was well known by police and had a lengthy criminal record, which likely explains how he ended up living back at home with his mother. He was arrested several times before on charges of battery, using a gun without a permit, possession of various drugs, and many, many other crimes. In one case, he was arrested after he beat a man within inches of his life. He'd gotten into a fight with his former girlfriend, and she left their home, headed for another man's house. When Michael found out about this, he showed up and beat the man with an unknown object, causing serious fractures to his head and face. His mother says that this was the crime that caused Michael to want to turn his life around. He realized that he was not being a good example for his 15-year-old son and began making changes to clean himself up. Being 41 years old at the time, it certainly wasn't a good image for him to still be living at home and repeatedly being arrested by police while his son just sat back and soaked all of this in, just watching his dad's bad behavior. Michael's sister is insistent that he was murdered. Police are still unconvinced, but without any additional evidence, his case is forced to sit cold. His sister continues to post flyers, appealing to the public for any information regarding her brother. However, she says that each time she posts a new set of flyers, someone follows behind her and removes his face from each one of them, just tearing them down the center. She has no idea who could possibly be doing this, but she strongly believes that her brother's killer is still out there. She doesn't know much of anything for sure, but she feels as though he may have been killed over a girl. It's possible he could have gotten involved with the wrong young lady, and a current or former lover of hers could have taken matters into his or her own hands. Whatever happened to Michael, we may never know. Though one thing is for sure, the people whose house he was last seen at definitely know something that they're unwilling to share with police. It seems like this home should be the focal point of the investigation from here on out, but police are unable to do much of anything without some sort of evidence against them. Considering his body was in such bad shape that a coroner couldn't even confirm how he passed away, it seems unlikely his case will ever be solved. But that's the video for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But 
I've been Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. Footprints different where there's no tracks in the snow. When you've lost your land, you've lost.